This is Soccer Pilgrim, the podcast dedicated to soccer and travel, where each stadium is shrine and its fans delay people. For the traveler, it is another culture to explore. Welcome to the Soccer Pilgrim podcast with Jason Kim. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soccer Pilgrim. I'm your host, Jason Kim. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about different soccer scenes within Montreal, specifically the different pickup scenes, if you will, or the different parks that you could play soccer and have pickup games in. Sometimes in these parks, you, there it could be reserved for an actual legit game for real organized leagues. But I want to talk more about the, I guess, the community aspect of soccer, but not just the community aspect, but the the real soccer community for me the real soccer community isn't so much the people who play in these organized leagues i mean that's definitely an important factor but it's the pickup because the pickup games you're not it's just for fun people go just to play for fun they're trying to press each other there's showmanship and there's people who go to try to new uh, you know try to do new things but it's really you know it's it's no different going playing pickup basketball you're just going there to have fun at the end of the day get a workout in if you will So obviously, before we go any further, let me quickly explain what pickup soccer is or pickup. It happens in any sport. So pickup is basically people, you just show up to a park, random people show up, and whoever's there available to play or whoever's down to play, you just play an impromptu game of sports. And that's essentially what pickup is. So it's basically random people who just show up at a park and just play at random time or random hours, if you will. So that's why I think it's important to like a pickup because it's just random people who are going in their free time to play soccer. You get a real sense of what soccer is like in Montreal because like only people will go out of their way to play more soccer. You know what I mean? When you sign up for a league or an organized league, you have commitment. It's a commitment. You have to be there every Wednesday, let's say at 8 p.m. There's a game. It could be a corporate league or what have you. And those are people who play soccer, let's say, only within that time but there's other people who generally love the game that they might sign up for multiple leagues and if they're not playing in those leagues they might be playing pickup with their friends that their entire life is just soccer and I was kind of one of those guys that I would sign up for any league that that I could and on the free time I would go play with my friends in pickup games so I thought for this episode I'll kind of pick up where we last left off where last time we were at the World Cup Stadium and I left a huge impression and I thought I got to do more of this I got to play more soccer going you know go out there and that summer, I was playing with, uh, I joined the church team, I think, that summer. I joined my uh, the church that I used to go to. It was a Korean church. And in the Korean community, the soccer league is organized by churches. So every church had its own team. And it would be like, let's say, six or seven or eight teams. And we meet up every Sunday and just play. You know, it's like Sunday football. It's fun. You know, you know community stuff. Nothing crazy. Nothing too competitive. It's, you know, it's all for fun. And the Korean community in Montreal is quite small. So the talent pool wasn't as big let's let's say as you would find in toronto or in vancouver now it's different now i think the korean players now are much better than when i was a kid so that summer me and some of my friends in high school who played soccer for you know ever since they were kids uh we decided to go out and play pickup soccer one of my friends and well actually all my high school friends all live downtown so we'd always go meet downtown uh and then we'll go to wherever we wanted to play and that summer, we just kept hitting different fields. And then from that summer on, almost every summer, we kept going to the same two fields. And then we settled on one. And then, and those times, it was fun. It was easy. You know, you're a teenager. And, you know, times was easy. That Those were really fun times. 
So me and my high school friends started going out in different fields and playing pickup soccer wherever there was a field available, wherever there was a pickup soccer to be played. We didn't really have money, so we didn't obviously book a field or anything or or we didn't really any join any leagues. So we found we only wanted to go play a pickup soccer because that was the only affordable thing we could do. And we started, that's when we started exploring, going to different neighborhoods. My friends would say, oh, I heard that there's another pickup soccer place in this part of town. I heard there's another one in this part of town. Then we started going on Google Maps and trying to find ways to get there. And it became a journey all in of itself. And then it got to a point where me and my friends, we started playing so much pickup soccer in different parts of Montreal that we understood which ones were good to go to, which ones got, get busy at a certain time, which one had higher competition, or which one may have had, uh, maybe it wasn't as competitive. But needless to say, it was uh, it was something that I only later started to realize that every field we went to, all the rules of pickup soccer throughout the city is pretty much the same. It's essentially you have 10 minutes to score two goals. If you don't score two goals in 10 minutes, then you're out. If you scored one goal within those 10 minutes, then you stay. If it ends on the draw, 1-1, then I, it usually goes to shootouts or this is where it varies. Uh, some fields, they like a penalty shootout, so they'll entertain that. Other fields, because there's so many people waiting, there's no penalty shootouts. And what they'll do is whoever played the longest amongst the two that, that drew the game, the team that played the longest, they go off. Or they stay on. Again, it varies from field to field. It's 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 a thing that I've noticed. And I thought, oh, okay. Little nuances like that was uh, interesting to see. And sometimes I would apply and say, like, yo, fuck the penalties. Let's, how about you, since you won the most games, you stay on. And since you've lost, you get off. And usually people tend to resonate with that. I was like, yeah, winner stays. You know, that kind of mentality. <laughs> but also, as, um, I guess as an observant person, I always took into consideration the the environment around the soccer field you know because every every field we went to had its it was in a unique part of town with its own unique ar- architecture unique culture and it definitely gave a different dimension or different vibe to the experience of playing there or even just watching random people play soccer it it definitely adds an atmosphere to it and so in today's episode I'll talk about two or three no I'll talk about two specific uh, parks that I played at for I think a long time there's two different parks I played at for a very long time and I've known those places for a while and I've known the people that were going there uh, this was in the past today is not so much uh, different people new people so on different generation as someone who spent the majority uh, you know of my life in LaSalle and NDG other boroughs feel very foreign to me at times I mean the boroughs that might be adjacent to NDG and and LaSalle might be a little more familiar, but even at that, they still feel very foreign to me at this time when I was going out and exploring the city through soccer. And the first time I go to these places, I realize how different it is from NDG or LaSalle. Like, they're, you know, just subtle things just felt different. The vibe felt different. Different ethnic people that you wouldn't typically find in my part of town would be here or different. Same thing with restaurants and, and businesses and so on and so forth. And also, these parts of town tend to be more francophone, whereas I grew up in places where... It was a little more Anglophone or just more bilingual. Like, there's a good balance of both. And I feel like LaSalle and NDG are those boroughs that have a really good balance of English and French, uh, from my experience at least. So, let's start with the first park. Uh, and this park has 
has a famous reputation or infamous reputation, if you will, within the soccer community. Every person that I ever met that's played soccer there for an organized league or for pickup has always told me the same kind of stories. It's hell. It's like it's um, it's chaotic. It feels chaotic because there's a lot of dudes, a lot of people who go and play there, and it's also. There's some characters, there's some very strong characters, and also there's some ghetto-ass people that go and play. So, compound all of that, and if you're not from that part of town, they'll kind of, they'll treat you in a certain way. I don't know if that's still the case today, but when I went there, it was definitely the case. Because when I went there with me and my friends, they called us tourists. And I was like, I'm from Montreal too, and he was like, he just kind of looked at me as I was stupid. He was like, well, you're not from here. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, I see your point now. <laughs> So this park, Kent's Park, it's in Côte d'Ange. It's in the heart of Côte d'Ange. So uh, this part of town, I've always grown up calling it Uptown. That's a field where they have the African League. And the games where the African League is happening, it's always crazy. It's always lively. There's drums, music, food, whatever. It's Anyway, it's fun. Like, granted, only be like 20 people showing up. But it's still like they're giving a vibe. I used to go from Angrignon Metro and then take that Green Line Metro all the way to a Concordia, Guy Concordia, take the 165 from there and then go all the way down Côte d'Ange, so over the mountain, past Westmount, maybe go to Tim Hortons, get something, then we go to the game and go play rather. So in doing all of this, it definitely, it was definitely a journey to do all that just to play soccer would, if you were to equate to religion, some might say, hmm, that's somewhat of a pilgrimage. I mean, you're going to, to a place to do a specific thing. And you don't live in that part of town. So you're going there for that one specific purpose. And pilgrimages are that. And that's kind of what I'm doing with pickup soccer. Yes, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. But once you get to the field, there's like three or four other teams ready to play. And you go and tell them, it's like, hey, me and my boys are here. We're, we want to play. And the guys would be like, well, okay, well, you're, you're fifth. So you're after that team. Just remember your spot. If you don't remember your spot, people are going to take it. So you have to put your foot down be like hey no no we're fifth i spoke to that guy always speak to the uh to like the team captain of the team ahead of you just to say hey i'm behind you and then the uh, team behind you who's playing before uh after you you tell them and say you're after me just to confirm that i'm number five let's say and you do that and you'll be fine if you don't do that some people might take advantage you always have to put your foot down and what's the worst about these things is that there will always be debates and fights so there will always be after every minute after every game there's always like a 20 30 minute debate as to who's next it's this is why i don't like doing pickup soccer anymore it's just a waste of time because it's 10 minute gameplay then 30 minutes of debating who's next it's 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 a nightmare some fields are better some fields there's actual guys taking notes and those are the fields you want to go to of course (laughs) And now let's talk about playing pickup at Kent Park. And I gotta say, it's hectic. It's it's hostile. It's hell. It's it's kind of the style of play. I wouldn't say aggressive, but the people's attitude are kind of aggressive. Because again, it's where there are sketchy types that do hang around that field. Here's one story. I was playing in the Korean league at that field a few years ago, and these group of guys just decided to like walk through the field in the middle of our game. And the ref was like, what are you guys doing? So we had to stop and wait for them to leave. And then the goalkeeper on the yard team was like, you know, telling them to like, get out of here. Like, yo, what are you doing? We're in the middle of a game. And that guy got, you know, the guy was having none of it. He looked high. And he like decides to walk slower. And he's like, you know, uh, he's like saying racist shit to us uh, because we're all Koreans. And 
he kept like you know he kept making threats he was like we'll fucking kill you this and that like talk to me like that again my no 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 yeah you nick taras and all that stuff like all that shit talk and i was just like oh god this is this is a nightmare and then i thought about it i was like yeah well this is kent this is kent park that sh- this shit happens i mean i used to hear stories where people used to get shot regularly at that park and that's where you used to go play pickup because you know a lot of character it's fun <laughs> all this to say that park yes a little sketch it's better if you go if you know someone that's that plays there often i mean at the end of the day who cares just go just go and ask and play and they'll let you in sometimes there are days where it's busy other days it's not as busy you still have to go out and try and ask right but ethnicity doesn't matter but when it comes to soccer i always like to point out the ethnicities and the cultures because in soccer, it's we especially people who love the game of soccer, we tend to see the game through countries. So if you say you're Brazilian, soccer players will react to you in accordance of you being Brazilian, meaning we assume you're very good. That's just soccer biases. That's how it works in our minds, right? So if I will go to Europe and say I'm Canadian, they'll be like, uh, oh yeah, Alfonso Davies, he's good, but that's like one guy. And if I say Korean, they're like, oh, Son Heung-min, okay, maybe he's pretty good because, you know, we have a very good Korean player in the Premier League. It's all that. It really is. And if you say you're Italian, people will say, okay, you're Italian. You must be good. You must have a particular way of playing, which is very technical, very defensive, no-nonsense football. Like, that's kind of how I understood Italian football. I mean, there's a lot of artistry behind that, too. But anyway, so for all the fields, I will mention the kind of ethnicities you will find. But to me, I see it as as a great thing because it shows the multiculturalism in this one field. And every field has its own different ethnic cultures that tend to be there and not at the other field. And it all has to do with the part of town you live in. Because in one part of town, there might be a lot of Vietnamese. But the other side of town, it could be, let's say, a lot of Cambodians. You know, And then, you know, subtle differences. But I think it is important to mention because it does, if you are a soccer player, it gives you an idea of what kind of players you might be going up against. Is it unfair to generalize soccer technique and skill based on their, you know, ethnicity or cultural background? Yeah, of course. There, there will be terrible Brazilian players. There will be great Canadian players. There might be mediocre Italian players. That that will exist for sure. But sometimes these generalizations it does uphold because soccer is a cultural thing to people of these countries. That being said, when soccer is part of your culture you have a specific philosophy and way you approach the game. So for example, with the Brazilians, what everybody knows about Brazilian soccer is uh, joga bonito, which means like colorful play or beautiful play, which means that when you watch Brazil play, you won't get bored. Everyone is an entertainer on a team. And that's what the Brazil national team sort of prides itself as, as a very successful footballing nation that can we're so good that we'll entertain you as we score goals and win the next cup like that's sort of their attitude and that's you know like everyone loves that that's fun it's showmanship and once you actually play with brazilians and see how they play you understand the the showmanship you're like wow you know you're really fucking good like they do things they see things a little differently okay now establishing all this cultural and and ethnicity talk Let's go naming the ethnicities of Kent Park. <laughs> At Kent Park, I noticed it was mostly West African and Congolese. So they're not technically West African. Congolese, there was a lot of Rwandans as well. A lot of North Africans, so Moroccan and Algerians, especially Egyptians. There's I, there's like a Lebanese team at some point. And there was also a lot of uh, Vietnamese and Chinese and Filipinos as well. 
Although there was a when I mean there was a lot, I mean there was like two Viet guys and like one Filipino guy because they were all playing basketball down the park. Like they all play basketball. I've I've named you all these different ethnicities, but what I didn't notice is that at that field, all those guys, despite the ethnicities, well, a they all spoke French, but also b it was they were all friends. They all went to high school together. If they didn't went to high school together, they played soccer every weekend at that same park. So they all know each other through the game, and that's how communities are made. And that's what I love about Cote d'Ivoire is that. Despite being all of these people being immigrants or second generation immigrants, they've all connected through the game. And yes, they all speak French because you know we're in Quebec. But it's even if they didn't speak the same language, I still believe that they would have still connected over soccer and still been friends and still recognized each other and still respected each other. Because there was how respected worked at that park was how good of a soccer player were you, or what was the respectful traits of you as a soccer player. So you could be a nobody. You could be me going in as a tourist, but if I played well, they would show me that respect, saying you, you know, you're allowed to play with us. But at that time, I was still learning or still relearning the game, so I wasn't that good. So I was just kind of like, you know, not wanted. <laughs> It's fine, you know. Like I, that's why I only went with my friends because I only played with them, and I was a translator for my friends because none of them spoke French. So my value at that field was the translator for a team that they didn't care about. That that was my value at Kent Park. <laughs> But it was worth it because the experience was second to none to understand how to navigate a very confrontational environment. But at the same time, was understanding that this was a completely different world from where I grew up, and it was fantastic. And I love hate going back to Kent Park. Going to Kent Park is always fun because the field's great. But I hate the orange light they have. They have this orange light that just makes everything feel tired. If they change the white light, perfect. And it's great playing there, but at the same time, there's a lot of bullshit that will go down, and it's annoying. Even if you've booked a field for eight o'clock, and there's people still playing pickup soccer there, they're still not gonna leave. You could show them the paper saying, "Hey, we've reserved this field, and we have the paper right here." They're not gonna leave. A friend of mine told me a story where he was gonna go play. I think it was NDG versus Cote d'Ivoire or something like that, and he wanted to go play. And same issue. He was like, "We were a legit double A, triple A team playing against each other, but these pickup guys didn't want to leave, even if we showed them the papers." And it it gets messy like that at Kent Park, but it is what it is. That's what makes it special. It has character. There's one last thing I want to say about Kent Park, but not necessarily about the park. But for all those who may not be interested in playing pickup soccer, just go to Cote d'Ivoire. Go to Cote d'Ivoire Road and just walk down. There's so much to see, so much to do. It's probably one of the most multicultural boroughs in Montreal, and it, you know you'll hear. Ton of different languages, a ton of different French accents on top of that, and it's you know, and it's in the shadow of Saint Joe's Oratory. So you get to go to the oratory, go to the top, and get you know, see the north side of Montreal, if if you will. It's a fantastic place, a fantastic part of town. I encourage everyone to go out there and explore. It's a really nice part of town. Now for the second park, the second park is called Delorémier Park, and this is the park that my friends and I. Decide to settle on, if you will, because you know we were playing Kent Park for a while, and we we thought Kent Park was a little too hostile, or there was just always too many people. I used to go to church, and I used to drive past this park almost every day. I mean, every Sunday with my mom and my sister, in in the plateau, and I drive past, and I I remember going to school on Monday the next day and telling my friends, "Hey, I used to, you know, I drive by this uh, park every Sunday when I go to church, and there's this field. It's two fields, seven aside, and." Every time I go on Sunday, there's like there's people playing, but it's not crazy amount of people. There's always two or three teams, but that's about it. Enough to get a game going. And my friends are like, "Okay, dope. This Friday we're going." So I said, "All right." All excited. Friday comes around. We meet up at Guy Concordia Metro downtown, 
And then we go all the way to that field and we had to look it up how to get there. And we had to go all the way to Frontenac Metro, which is past the gay village, officially the east part of Montreal, the east side of Montreal. And from Frontenac, we walk down Ontario Street until we get the intersection of Delorimier and Ontario East. As someone growing up, hearing about, I guess, baseball culture in the city and Jackie Robinson, I didn't realize where I was playing pickup soccer until years later. When my friend told me, saying, hey, that's where the old De Lorimier Stadium used to be. And I was like, there was another stadium. What, what? what? Like, for what sport? And he told me it was for baseball. It was for the Royals when Jackie Robinson used to play for the Royals in Montreal. And I thought, oh, shit, I had no idea. And when you go to the intersection of De Lorimier and Ontario East, you'll see a plaque, a memorial plaque, talking about that history, that this is where, this is where the stadium once stood and Jackie Robinson used to play here and then you know saying like this ground is almost holy no not holy but you know it's a historic part of town and for those who don't know Jackie Robinson he was a, a black baseball player and he's I think he's from the states and he played for the Montreal Royals which was a big deal obviously breaking racial barriers and and I think he has an incredible record I don't know too much about baseball but you know you hear these stories so De La Rimier Park has history has sporting history sporting excellence if you will that seeps through the ground. I don't know how much the Royals have won, but let's just call it excellence. <laughs> but also in Delorimier, the, the neighborhood has has personality. Across the street, there's a beautiful park. Jacques Cartier Bridge is not too far. There's a big, huge church like and a big fire station. Again, across the street on Delorimier and on Ontario. And what I like about this part of town, similar to Kent Park, is that it is a working class part of town, that it was mostly working class people playing except the vibe in this park was a little less aggressive, a little more open and a lot more fun because it would seem like there was a greater value of just everyone having fun. Whereas in Kent Park, it was more about showing off and a little more showmanship, you know, that kind of style. Whereas here, I mean, there was showmanship for sure, but it was just about having fun and how to win. And that was sort of the vibe I got. And I went here with some of my high school friends and the last time we played there together was probably 20... In 2010, the last time we played together there, and we played 10 games straight. We we didn't lose for 10 games straight, and it was oh, that was such a great day. That was so much fun. We killed it. A lot of fun. But also, what made the Lorimier Park a little unique was the people who went to go play. Obviously, it was a lot of was, everyone's mostly francophone, but the majority of people who went to go play were mostly from Guinea, Honduras. Obviously, a lot of Algerians and Vietnamese, because there's a Vietnamese Buddhist temple across the street. There was also a lot of Parisians being the plateau in this part in this time in Montreal history, if you will. The Parisians were coming back. <laughs> the French from France were coming back, I suppose. And I remember playing there. There was a lot of people from France, and then there was a lot of international students. Uh, I think a lot of students from McGill were were there as well. It was it was a really good mix. That was the most fun I had, and that was a field where I had the most improvement, where I became less shy and I broke out of my shell and I played more. And I think. Going to Kent Park then to this definitely toughened me up. But De La Rimier one is definitely the park that I have a strong connection to. And I encourage everyone to go play. The tricky thing about this park today is that in the summer, it's always reserved for corporate leagues because it's quite popular. It's close to downtown, so it's close to where everyone works. If you also happen to be a fireworks fan or love fireworks or enjoy them, uh, De La Rimier Park might be really good because every summer, La Ronde, which is like right across the river, if you will, uh, they hold these international fireworks festival. I think one of the, they're um, they're considered one of the best fireworks festivals in the world, and Delorimier Park is 
just not that far from Jacques Cartier Bridge. So what me and my friends did once is we played soccer. And then when that was over, we just walked to the bridge and watched the fireworks. And, you know, that's an added bonus to that field. What's great about that field is that there's a lot of cool stuff to do near that field. There's an escape room, like five-minute walk from the field. There's a cool church. There's a lot of restaurants. The gay village is not too far. Jacques Cartier bridges. Everything's walking distance. So that's one cool thing about that part of town. So I guess to summarize both fields is Kent Park, lively, hostile to play in. At times, it feels like hostile to play in. But it's high competition, really good players, a lot of different styles of play melding in. They they like to do a lot of tricks, a lot of deking, obviously, a lot of showmanship, a lot of technique. If you're someone who likes to watch soccer Kent Park might be the best spot to go just watch people play like it's you'll be impressed unless things have changed and now they're all shit which I don't think so but anyway and the Rémy Park I mean last time went it it seemed to be always booked by different leagues and I I I don't know when pickup soccer happens there anymore it probably still happens and probably happens at random times or random hours but uh, it's been a while since I've last been but it is a good spot worth visiting worth playing at and it's close to everything so that's great that's one great thing about Delarimia Park but if there's one rule that if you are to play pickup soccer in Montreal in the summer if there is one rule that you must respect is Ramadan will make pickup soccer boring meaning Ramadan equals empty soccer fields that is a fact if you because all those west african guys and all those north african guys that play soccer are all muslims and they do observe ramadan i remember trying to go play pickup soccer during ramadan and it's like it's impossible like there's no one there it's not the same vibe even the non-muslims don't show up for whatever reason i think they even i think they even know it's not even you know worth coming out to play but that being said you could still go play just make sure that if it is Ramadan, go play after the sun sets, which will only give you about like maybe one, two hours of playtime with, you know, with more people, if you will. But still go out and play. See who is still out there because there will always be people willing to play. But it depends on what fields you go to. It's like I said, if you go to parts of town where there are more Muslims, then those fields will be a little more quiet. But if you go places where it's closer to downtown, you might you might see more action. I do want to end this episode on... What I learned from spending all this time traveling the different soccer fields and experiencing and playing in those respective fields with their rules, which is pretty much the same everywhere, but to understand how it works and to see how people interact with each other through soccer, it was fascinating. It was, like I said, if you were a good soccer player and you were a nice person, like you spoke to everyone respectfully, you'll be everyone's friend at the soccer field. That's a general rule that applies anywhere. Even It might get difficult when that other guy is being an asshole towards you, but if you just... You know, stick to your guns, don't let them bully you, don't let them push you around, and you speak to them with respect, They, everyone will always come around to that. I got to say that different cultures really do have a different way of playing a game, a different way of approaching the game. In one day, when I played pickup soccer, I could play against a Vietnamese team, and then after that Vietnamese team, I play against an Algerian team, and after that, after that Algerian team, I'll play against a Nigerian team, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, it's fascinating. It's really, like, sometimes... Sometimes you grow up in such a multicultural society that moments like that get lost on you. Even when I look back and I remember that moment, at that time, standing there, I remember thinking, this is kind of neat. It's like the World Cup is happening right now. I'm playing in a World Cup every weekend. And that's, it's kind of, to me, that's fun. So every weekend, I kind of pretended I was playing the World Cup. If 
<laughs> if I was on a multicultural team and the other team is multicultural, it becomes Champions League. That's that's the way I saw it, and that's to me that was fun and you know silly, of course. But yeah, spending years of playing soccer with people of different cultures, I noticed that in reflecting on the Korean League, I saw some of the limitations that are happening within the Korean League is that we weren't as strong as these other, you know, as these other people playing against African guys. I was like, oh Jesus, like they're really strong. But that was good for me. It helped me toughen up and get stronger. But in the Korean League, it wasn't... The Korean League, it emphasized on technique and speed. The way you would dribble. The way, like, be light on your feet. You're almost gliding on the field. That's the way Koreans like to play. Yeah. So when I go, when I went back to the Korean League, I saw certain things that I've improved on. That I was maybe a little faster, a little stronger. Or my dribbling got a little better. Because I was spending so much time playing pickup soccer with people of various skill level and technique level that you constantly have to adapt and adjust your game to that and and when i go back to korean league and i always saw that as kind of my standard i noticed that there were improvements that i made and i was very proud i was like okay there is some value playing pickup soccer this is great you know and also it helps you build experience to understand when's the right time to hit you know to pass the ball at that you know at the right speed at the you know right accuracy and all that Another example. Let's say let's use let's use Italy as uh, as an example. Everybody knows Italy's reputation in soccer being you know one of the best, a long history, you know, great success, one of the best leagues in the world, some of the best clubs in the world, produced some of the best players in the world. It was England's rival in the early two thousands in terms of soccer supremacy. It was between England and Italy when AC Milan was like the greatest team on the planet. You know that the good old days, if you will. I'm not an AC Milan fan, but just saying. And when you've played soccer with Italians, there's one thing you've noticed. It's it's really a no bullshit culture. They're like no bullshit. They love to see you play beautifully, but for them, when it comes to beautiful play, it's it comes down to beautiful strategy and beautiful technique. They don't care if the game ends one zero. It could be a boring game for some. Some people like to watch games like four zero, five zero. You know, big big scoring games. You may not get that with Italian soccer, but if you're someone who appreciates the artistry of soccer, watch Italian soccer. And when you've played with Italian people, that mentality seems to seep in their minds a little bit. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm making fun of them, but you really hear it when they speak passionately about soccer. When they're watching soccer, when they're playing soccer, you could see the the way their mind operates within that game, you know. And it's a lot of fun. It, it's, the Portuguese are very similar. You know, I play in a team where it's mostly Portuguese. And Italians, and say so the one thing I noticed between Italians and Portuguese when it comes to soccer that they all have very strong opinions on anything about soccer, and <laughs> and it makes it it actually makes it a lot of fun. And then when you add a Greek guy to the mix, it, it gets weirdly, the bantering level just goes up to another level. Not weirdly, but it just goes up to another level because the Greek guy will comment how they beat Portugal in the Euro final in Portugal, and then the Portuguese will look down on the Greeks saying, no, you're discount Italians, and you're not that good. <laughs> you're not that good at soccer anyway. And then Italians will step in saying, you both suck because we have the best soccer history ever. And then the Portuguese will reply saying, we have Cristiano Ronaldo, the Italian league, it's it's found that it's corrupt, that the mafia had ruined the league, blah, blah, blah. And then the Greek guy, no one's going to listen to the Greek guy anymore. And then the debate will be only between the Italian guy and the Portuguese guy. And then the random Spanish guy will show up and be like, you all suck. We're the best right now. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's soccer banter. Then that's how it works. So anyway, I want to, 
so before I end this podcast, I I, I want to list a few fields throughout the city that I played at that I would like to encourage anyone who is in Montreal to go play at these fields and go, you know, explore it, find out. If you go to McGill University, you know this park. It's up the street. It's up the hill. And this one's really nice. Uh, they just recently renovated. They put one full-size pitch, and then they put two or well, four smaller nets on the side to make seven-a-side pitches. And it's always full, always busy, always uh, it's always lively. And I feel like there's a good rotation that happens at that field. Last time I went, there was a decent rotation, so I do suggest go checking that one out. And it's also easily to reach because it's like smack downtown, and you get a beautiful view of downtown Montreal. Uh, this, you know, you get to see the downtown uh, skyline. It's very nice. Another one is Parc Saint-Michel. This one, Deep Plateau, very nice. Uh, what's cool about this one is that it's kind of a small field, but it's like in the middle of your typical plateau neighborhood. So basically this field is surrounded by like old triplexes of brick, made out of brick and gray stone. Really nice, very typical of the plateau if there's anything in terms of soccer that i can capture what the plateau feels like it would be that field from what i gather it's there's a lot of people from france who play there because a lot of people from france are now moving into this part of town i like to, i in my head i call this part of town petit barry because there's a lot of french people moving in and there's loyola park if you live in ndg loyola park they just renovated a soccer field there as well Mostly Anglophone, mostly families. I haven't played pickup there, but I used to play there when I was a kid. And actually, no, I played there once in the Korean League just for practice. The field's fantastic, really good turf. It's all artificial turf. And lastly, if you want something a little more structured, and if you want to, if even if you want to sign up for a league, look at Catalonia Soccerplex in La Chine. To me, that is the OG of the soccer community in Montreal. Like, ever since I've known this place ever since I was a kid. In fact, Montreal Impact used to practice there before they've joined the MLS. That used to be their official training facility when they were in the NASL. Catalonia in La Chine, great spot. I think on Wednesdays, you get to play pickup soccer for 10 bucks, but it's first come, first serve, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, so those are some of the fields that... I encourage all of you who are from Montreal or who might be visiting from Montreal to go play there. So those are some of the fields that I've played in, that I've experienced throughout the city. And I encourage all of you to go explore and play in some of these fields and see what it's like. There's probably a ton of fields I didn't mention or I failed to mention, or there's even more fields that I'm probably not aware of. And I hope to go find those. There's one futsal courts if you will in downtown Montreal like towards the east end near Place Cesar it's like tucked away in one of those small streets I forget the name of the street and I've been meaning to play there for a long time but winter is coming so that won't be possible but next summer I'm going there and I'll report back so I'm very interested to go play there it's been there for years and every time I drive past it it's empty so next summer that's where I'll be so once again thanks for listening to Soccer Pilgrim Uh, next episode I'll talk more about I guess what it's what it feels to be a soccer player not necessarily a pro but someone who just loves the game so much that you know we'll go buy season tickets for a club and we play the game i guess i'll talk about that feeling in the next episode but to all those listening again thank you for listening my name is jason kim and this is soccer pilgrim thank you